When she walked into an acting class of mine many, many years ago, my mentor, John Len, I was blown away by her then, and her work keeps getting better and better over the years. You know her from The Wonder Years, where she played Karen Arnold, sister to Fred Savage, Nicole Wallace from Law and Order, Jane the Virgin, currently Invader Zim, Enter the Floripus, Madden of Purity Falls on Lifetime, so many, so many, so many things. Our guest today is Olivia Dabo. Hi. Thank you so much for coming. She's laughing at me. As you usual. did that all in like one breath. It's I did. I'm quite astounded. Core, core power. Yeah, yeah core exactly. Power. I'm so happy you're here. You know I love you so much. Yes. And I love you for it's so mutual. many reasons. You're just an awesome human being, but such a brilliant talent. And you know, I just attract to all the delicious talent that you have to offer. And I want everybody today to hear about your life, yeah. how it all happened. When I met you, just quickly, I remember clearly, and let me just tell you, I don't remember a lot of things, but I do remember this. I was sitting in this very special acting class. Yeah. Um, his name was John Lynn, and he became my mentor. And you walked in, and you were this gorgeous young, which you still are gorgeous and young, but you were young, young yeah. then. And you a transformed baby. yourself. And you were playing some role that was like for a 40 year old. And I remember John saying, you are a chameleon and you can transform and play 17, 15, 20, 40, 50. And I sat there in awe and how life is so interesting and fascinating how it works. And then here you are and I've gotten to work with you and coach you and, and then be a part of your life. Yeah, I know. It's, it's amazing. so crazy. So tell us, tell <laughs> well, us how you got that role well, to start. Well, first of all, I just uh, wanted to... Uh, just kind of say that basically based on what you just said I do feel that like we attract the same tribe I feel mm -hmm. that you know as artists we're truth seekers I mean even if you're not an artist I think um, certain kind of people uh, just go out into the world and you meet somebody and there's an unspoken language and I think it's secular if you come out of each other's life inevitably what's going to end up happening is somehow you'll bump into each other or that person is just meant to come back into your life Agreed. and it's kismet and yes. it's just fate and so that's our relationship um you know uh, uh, to button that but uh, to tell you about my life where, where would you like me to start I well mean, when you got this role was this hmm. your first role no uh funnily enough it wasn't i um i i started doing plays when i lived in taos new mexico when i had moved from London, England, because my father was a musician. And so I was always around. Her father um, was a very famous musician. Yeah. Tell my, us. My, my <laughs> we're going to sidetrack all over the place. Yeah, we're going to have to. We'll be jumping around. Um, so, yeah, my father, is, his name is Mike Darbo. Um, he was the lead singer of a group called Manfred Mann. Um, he, you know, they had hits such as Do Our Diddy, Mighty Quinn, uh, Blinded by the Light. Um, just to name a few and then he um, as a he's a great songwriter as well and after he left Manfred Mann I think he felt he had a lot to prove as a narrative voice as a songwriter so he went on to uh, score and do all the music for a movie with um, Peter Sellers and Goldie Hawn called Girl in My Soup mm. uh, he did all of the music w for that and then he wrote an amazing song for Rod Stewart which was his first hit 
Rod Stewart's first hit on Atlantic Crossing called mm -hmm. Handbags and Glad Rags, which cut to, you know, 30 years later or whatever. That's what's so great about publishing. It became the lead, the theme song for The Office, the English version wow, of The Office. That's because amazing. it's uh, in England, it's seen as sort of the most melancholic song ever mm. written. But what's brilliant about the song is the message. Um, and it speaks to, you know, the lyrics are the handbags and the glad rags that your granddad had to sweat so you mm. could buy. So mm. it's dealing with generational, mm. um, you know, what, how people, how our, so coming our ancestors, our grandfathers or grandmothers paved the way for us, mm -hmm. third generation. And then he wrote... Uh, um, Build Me Up Buttercup for the Foundations, which oh, is the, the most wait, famous... I love that song so much. I didn't even know that yeah. at this very moment. So the I used most, to do that... A karaoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's the thing is it's kind of, it holds it's up well over time. Yeah, it's one of the most famous Can I ask you a question? wedding so, songs. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, interesting. So coming from a musical family, mm -hmm. but your mom was an actress, your mom was a model. My mother was one of these very interesting wo women who uh, was initially, she started off as a model, but then she got cast in two of the biggest movies of all time. Um, for her legs, supposedly, in 2001 Space Odyssey, the oh, Stanley yes. Kubrick masterpiece. And she was actually the first human being to have a line in the film oh. uh, on the spaceship. She yeah. was one of the stewardesses. She was the first one that you saw. So you come from a family of music and and of total creativity. Did you start in music first or did you immediately just feel the urge for entertaining artistry as an actor. I sort of did both at the same time. Um, just to cap on my mom, the second movie she did was A Hard Day's Night where she has this amazing story of how she met the Beatles and I won't oh. go into all of that right now. That would be amazing. Well, it, it, it was, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, we, we can come back or you can listen to my oh, podcast. Oh yes, you can listen to <laughs> Olivia's podcast. Which is called uh, Every Friday with Dan and Olivia. But she ended up working with the Beatles and she snuck her way into the audition. It was pouring with rain. There were 2,000 thousand girls outside these oh. gates and and Paul John Ringo um, and George were all in this theater you know having auditions and she came with her portfolio she had to squeeze her way by all of these screaming girls they were like why are you getting in and we're oh. not you know wow. and she ended up in this horseshoe with the four Beatles and uh, George Martin their producer and their manager and um, a funny she story. It. She knew it. She, she wanted, wanted it. it. And they were looking at her pictures. And John said, well, you're very pretty, Maggie, but can you play an old man? <laughs> <laughs> Which is <laughs> kind of hilarious. That's because hilarious. Um, they were just so funny. And, and she, my mother, was uh, sort of... <clears throat> from an Irish, good old Irish stock, uh, you know, uh, and, and from somewhat of a Cockney family. But my oh. father was from more of an aristocratic family, so I'm sort of a bit of both. A little Cockney, a little aristocratic. Yeah, I mean, it allows okay, me Okay, let's to... get back to you. Okay, well, so you we, come are, from we are family. talking about me. Yes, yeah. we are. So the, the, this wasn't your first job, but I'm curious to know about the Wonder Years job. And yeah. And how old were you when you got that? I was about 17 yeah. when I got that. Um, and I had gotten emancipated, funnily enough. I'd been working since I was 14. That My first job was in a movie called Bolero. Then my second, which was with John Derrick and Bo Derrick. Um, oh and I, I got that, that, literally, I got cast from boogie boarding on, on, on the beach, where, where I lived with my mom and my brother and this uh, 
crazy talent scout from France. She's like, oh, you look like you could play this role of this little dirty gypsy in this movie. <laughs> and uh, all we have to do is uh, show Joe and John and Bo that you can look Spanish because she's from, you know, she's from Spain. And uh, so we do a photo shoot, then we send the pictures and it's all going to work out. You're going to see. And so, lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. I did put a rinse so on my w- hair. Were you training as an actor then, or you just no? I was doing. Just kind of I fell was. Into it. I was with an agency called Tony Kelman at the time, and my oh. dad had been driving me um, to this audition and that audition. I was going to a magnet school at Loyola, ah. um, and then I went to Pacoima Junior High, which was another magnet school, okay. sort of the equivalent uh, for the school. In New York, it was sort of the equivalent of the Fame School. Yes. But um, literally, I was—I don't know—I was thirteen. Oh, so young. When I when I was discovered by this talent scout, so I'd done a commercial, I'd done a yeah. McDonald's commercial, right. but I was cut out of it, and I hadn't really done anything on camera. So I was sort of an intuitive, natural act- actress. But oh. after that film, I did feel that um, I then got Conan the Destroyer, and. Bolero hadn't come out yet, but I got Conan because of Bolero because there was a lot of, um, you know, talk, about, talk you. about it and, and, and Canon were releasing the film and anything that they did was kind of, you know, uh, either considered promiscuous or it was controversial is oh. the real word that so I'm So people were intrigued for. to meet you. Yeah. And so when I did, I started basically training after Conan because though I felt... I was a good actress. I needed the technique. I needed something Did to you fall feel, back on. Yes. Did you feel like something might have been missing, even though you were organically connected but as a young actress, but something? You yeah. just needed storytelling tools. Storytelling tools, and I think, quite frankly, um, to become a better technician about mm. what I did. And uh, I was starting to encounter directors that I was working with who were method directors, or they were Meisner, or they, you know, they'd take you aside yes. and they'd sort of want to... There was a certain lingo that they that they would come come with, and and you had to be ready to receive that yeah. and be able to give them what they wanted. Um, and so that for me was it was an education. It was, mm. you know, I was starting to earn good money. I was in and out of school. I was being tutored, you know, on location. But I, it, you know, it was my craft, and I took it very seriously. And so. Not too many years after that, I walked into John Lynn's class. That was yet again another opportunity for yeah. me to, uh, I sort of look at it like a toolbox and you have your, your wrench and you have, you know, your drill and your this and that. And so you sort of start to build what you feel is necessary for you to walk into any audition confident and be mm-hmm. able to fall back on not just what you have innately, which may be right for a role, or maybe if you're not as right for a role, mm-hmm. that technique that you can fall back on will facilitate. It's also working that muscle, working that muscle, Indeed. working that muscle. Yeah. So how many years was one to years, and did you love it, and did you I just... I did. I'm sure you did. I did love Silly it. Silly question. Yeah, well, we won an Emmy um, for the pilot, and we were in the midst of um, shooting the next six shows, so it was very... In, I mean, it came up inadvertently no nobody you know the, we didn't even know we were up for an emmy but somehow we all managed to get there That's and amazing. when we won it was really we won because we were the critics choice i mean mm-hmm. the critics just went nuts for this show yeah. because it was different sentimental it was nostalgic the music was amazing mm-hmm. the acting the the uh, you know the the, 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 the connection with yes. all of the cast members and i think it just timing is has such a big part of everything everything and how it then eventually gets to the masses but i think uh the, the critics 
need to help you out a little bit with that. So yeah, I love doing the show. And um, for me, the thing that I felt uh, enabled me to play Karen Arnold was, because <clears throat> I was an American, I was born in England and, and very much a Brit, but I had spent, uh, I moved to Taos, New Mexico when I was nine. And um, the thing about New Mexico is it's a place for it's like a commune. I mean, mm. Easy Rider had been shot there. So mm. Dennis Hopper lived there. You know, um, Neil Young had a mm. residence there. Um, it, it's an amazing multicultural um, community with American Indians and, uh, mm. you know, a, a brilliant Hispanic community mm. that actually originates from Spain, not mm. Mexico. And so it's very rich. And then you've got, you know, the, the Anglo-Saxon mm -hmm. kind of... Um, uh, you know, a a Anglos is what mm -hmm. we were called. Mm. I got the opportunity to understand what it was like to be a minority living mm. in a part of America, uh, and this is quite some time ago. But it, but it was like we all sort of just melted in together, uh, and so I went to school with my f my my best friends were you know American Indian girls who oh. were built like linebackers, you wow. know, and they just protected me no matter what. Um, so that kind of bohemian existence living in that kind of community that uh you know of the likes of georgia o'keefe and uh, dh lawrence and mabel dodge and mm. rc gorman and so these are artists and poets and writers and painters <clears throat> and actors you know i was around that a lot and mm. so though um the 60s was a period piece for me to play when right. i did the wonder years i got a sensibility or in a, i already had a sense of because you felt like you were in such a, like, um, that world that you were in was resemblance of that? Yeah, well, I just think it rubbed off on me, and yeah. I think I, I, I still, to this day, am. I'm a, I'm a bohemian, and, and I think it's a, it's a great thing to to have, to own as, as, as an artist. Well, because you're on planes all the time, you're living yes, out of suitcases. You're a chameleon. Yes. Because you can morph into anything, and you've got some of her characters so far. But you don't know about Olivia, she's a brilliant brilliant sketch comedian brilliant <laughs> brilliant you. characters that somehow someday you're going to do a one woman show and do all of them because Absolutely. they're so incredibly brilliant okay so a message to actors we're going to interject just what would you advise them to do as they're starting out because this podcast is a give back to artists to help guide them to teach them to inspire them you know, a, their path along the way. Because even though you got Wonder Years, there's the highs and there's the lows. Oh, yeah. But what do you say during the highs and what do you say during the lows and what do you say, you know, studying some advice? Yeah, I think it, it's a great question. And it's so, um, it means so much to me being here knowing that um, you're doing something for for artists, for actors, because it can be you're right it's it's filled with highs it's filled with lows and you have to find a way to keep your light on mm -hmm. to turn your own light on every single day and, and and it doesn't just mean that the number one thing that i would say is you cannot <clears throat> be somebody who's waiting for the phone to ring mm. because let's say seven times out of ten it doesn't oh, yeah. and then when it does it doesn't stop ringing but then it's what do you do in that downtime well y you need to read you need to travel you need to serve um open your heart out up it's very important for actors to to, to remain to not become jaded from the yes. business because the work is so different to what the business represents and you have to not fall prey 
to feeling if you get rejected however many times, which is it's just a, a part of this. It's just yeah. part of it. That um, you keep the faith about who you are, you know, that you find you a way to keep your confidence. Well, I think it's it's not just existing to act. I mean, mm. that's you you need to love your craft. You, you need to continue to find a way to fall in love with it. But the question is, how do you continue to fall in love with it? Well, I think it's the existential out out there out there things in life that you're also curious mm. about it's like when you think about Marlon Brando and he started off as an actor but really he then went into philanthropic work I mean mm -hmm. Quincy Jones has done the same thing as a, as, as, as a record producer it's 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 the being, higher because I always talk about your purpose and your passion and your passion is the artistry but what's your higher purpose yeah and that higher purpose of giving back in some format to something bigger than you creates sustains your passion to fulfill the higher does keeps, that make sense it, absolutely it it keeps your heart open it, it keeps you willing to play and be childlike because you have to have that it's essential as an actor no matter how old you and are and cannot base yourself on what other people think of you no and and you know you have to just keeping think keep doing things that fulfill you i do strange things that, that might seem strange to people like i love horses i go to the burbank stables and i i know when i need to go and get horse breath yeah. which means i need to go and connect with an animal yeah. that is deep that is the oldest archetypical uh, animal since uh, you know and time you has started and, and they look at me and you make eye contact and they don't speak to you but they say and give you so much back and something about their breath and just I mean it sounds weird but I sort of breathe into the, let them <laughs> breathe into me and I breathe into them and I just feel elevated oh, because they take the weight off because mm. they see you and they really look deep into your soul mm. I mean some people go to church uh, and have a routine with that you know some people definitely have a therapist and that's a, that's essential I think to and exercise you know and exercise keeping your endorphins eating well um, sleeping well sleeping well understanding other cultures because ultimately you're going to be if you have a longevity as an actor you have to understand other cultures you can't it can't be so myopic that it's just it's here so and in true. a bubble. That's why travel is key. Living your life to the fullest is key. Yeah, you know, I was just, uh, not to digress too much, but I just saw this phenomenal movie with Terrence Stamp and Vanessa Redgrave, and they play, um, you know, these, uh, this elderly, they, they meet in a nursing home, and it, it's just brilliant how they come together and they fall in love. Um, so it's it? a film, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to come back to you with the name, but... The point that I wanted to make is that Terence Stamp talks about, you know, I mean, Jane Fonda wrote a book about a woman's first, second and third chapter, and it's brilliant. But he sort of spoke almost to that degree about being an actor. He said that, you know, after he did Billy Budd, and obviously he was, he's like, I was a very handsome young man, <laughs> clearly, you know. Um, and then, but then it was a long wait between then and Superman. And um, I remember when I wasn't getting auditions anymore because I had sort of gotten past being the beautiful young man. So I decided to buy myself a first class ticket around the world. Oh, wow. That is fascinating. <laughs> and um, he said that that made him a better actor. Of course. And that's just an example. It's like he thought that he had come to a place where he was deserving to see the entire world based on what he had done for a living for however many years. And rather than wallowing in self-pity and, oh, you know, maybe I'm just out now, 
he got so much back from traveling and all of these different cultures and that then led him into the next chapter of his career. But the thing is about putting that energy because I always talk to actors about having that positive path of energy too because the world, the universe, and I'm not that religious at all. But you are very spiritual, am. I am in the connected factor of that I really believe in the power of your thoughts and intention. And if you're putting it out there in a positive light, people, the energy comes back to you in that fashion. So if he was wallowing and didn't and just didn't travel, it would have been done. Yeah. So just like for other actors, because cycles, every actor has a cycle. You have had a cycle. You've been working, 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 and then not, not, not. And when you have to stay in that creative self-love and eating healthy, sleeping healthy, giving back and traveling and putting it out there, everything we're talking about, but that mental mindset is key. Do you agree? I completely agree. And I think that, um, you know, it's, you, you, I do very much think that you are a spiritual person. I think as an artist, even if you're an atheist, there's some kind of higher power there some, somewhere. And I think also when you, the more you see in your life, and the more you open yourself up to the world and people and, and, and lean in and listen and, and serve and all of these things that we're talking about, I mean, there's so many things that we can do to ultimately feed ourselves as a human being first. It, 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 it simultaneously always ends up linking up with who we are as an artist. Yeah. And, and sometimes we get those rare opportune moments where what we're going through in our life uh, simultaneously is going, it, you come, a part comes, drops out of the universe for you to play because you've been, that's your story mm-hmm. right now. And so then you have this great opportunity to do something that I like to call channeling. It's not acting anymore. It's like you open, I'm going to get like really like. Good, I love it, I love know, it. But your seventh it's chakra yeah. is the seventh, the seventh chakra is where you, is the top of your head. Mm-hmm. And when you get to a place where you're open to that, you can do just the most remarkable work because it's seamless. When you watch somebody in. on film that's channeling and not acting, they're on a whole other level and you can tell it's not just because there's somebody like Anthony Hopkins where, well, they're on a whole other level, but if you're, yeah, but if your work becomes visceral enough or you become visceral enough as a person, Mm -hmm. it's going to seep into you as an artist. Because you have to stay super open. You do. And, but the the tools are are super important because I I even said something last night at teaching class that you have to work the crap out of your material in order for it to seem like you're not acting. Exactly. So you do it, sculpt, 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 and then it's simple. Yep. And believing in yourself. Yeah, well said. And so what do you do during your cycles when it's high, when it's low? What's your thing? Well, you know, luckily I, I, I have a family. I have an mm. amazing family. I have an amazing son who, mm. who I had, you know, quite young. And so, you know, in many regards, we grew up together. And so um, it's always beautiful when they grow out of being a child and they become a young man, which he is now. And so um, I, I live for that a lot yeah, as yeah, well. I mean, yeah. you know, being a mother yourself um, yes. to, to a son. Um, so there's that. And, and there's, um, you know, staying in touch with friends. I think it says a lot about somebody if you can still have... Re- you can't make old friends. Mm. I mean, so there's something about an old friend that that just they're always going to be honest with you Mm -hmm. 
and you're always going to be honest with them. There's that kind of unspoken language. And you can see each other maybe once every five years, but you pick up exactly where you left off. Exactly. You have to have that for those highs and those lows because those are people who are going to be, they're going to be there for you, whether you're hot or cold as a witch's Because tits. you can't, <laughs> and you can't base yourself. You cannot base your self-esteem on whether you're getting an acting job well, no, or not. No, you can't. Because you are solid in who you are at all times. But let me ask you this for some advice for the newer actor starting off. Yes. Would you say get into class, circulate? What would you tell them? Three things that you would tell them. I would say. Well, first people of do all, come here lost, and they yeah. have they don't know where to begin. I think I think that there's you know people who really want to be an actor and they really want to have longevity in their career you know they're gonna have to be you're gonna have to be willing to work very hard but I think most importantly you have to be so sure that you have something really important to say that you have something to give that nobody else has to give it doesn't mean Mm. that it's better then mm. it's just that you are authentic mm. and you're going to walk into a room and you may be right for it you may not but you can make choices best on how authentic yourself is for me the way that i reconnect with my work and there's been many times that i've thought about quitting i think that that's you know i'm not ashamed to say it i think a lot of actors go through that of because course. it's just it's just it's one of the most brutal competitive businesses hardest businesses in and in, in the world and may I interject that it is the only business that you can be so great at your job and never get one and that is a true truth about this business although the cream does rise to the top and you have to continue to you know train and have Persevere. that competitive nature about yourself but you can be the best for the job and still not get that job. Yeah. Which is not to say don't be a badass and get out there and be courteously aggressive and go for it 1,000% until you can't give that 1,000% anymore. Mm. And then when you go see a horse and recharge to get to Mm. that 1,000% again. Mm. I think the more you know who you are, the better chance you're going to have of really um, executing what it is that you want to say in the most... Uh, clear way mm-hmm. I mean I think it, you know um, the thing that I notice is that actors are being less developed now it's the same mm. with 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 musicians um, I find I see that agents and managers are less uh, willing to really hone in on somebody and kind of helped sculpt them so there to is speak. less of that they want someone who's already established so, a little bit yeah so it's really more and you have to start younger and younger I mean the, the, the most horrifying stories is is when I hear oh well she's already 24 I think you know it's going to be very but, difficult but, and I don't think you have to play into that you, you do not no 1000 percent do not you have to study and train and be you know the best that you can possibly be and go for it 1000 percent absolutely and I think the best way to ultimately be seen you know it's all the way back to what what William Shakespeare says is, is going back and doing a play mm-hmm. because getting on stage is going to fuel you as an actor admit sometimes at your lowest moments when you're questioning whenever I've questioned whether I still want to do this I go back and I do a play and it fills me up mm. I'm like yes yeah. I remember why I wanted to do this yes. and it cuts all the other crap out all the mm-hmm. stuff that doesn't really matter yeah and uh, tell me tell the people that are listening were there cycles where you were because I want to talk a little bit about auditioning yeah. because auditioning 
is so different than actually getting the job. So different. So if you're in a bad place or a critical place of yourself, you can lose your power in that room. Has that happened? Did you go through a phase oh. where you felt detached from the work? Oh yeah, absolutely. And some actors are great at auditioning and then they can get on a set and it gets deflated and yeah. they don't. So it's almost like, an, a, a, I personally am the kind of actor where I prefer auditioning for something. Mm. I have a better um, experience when I get on the set uh, having auditioned for something uh, because I know that they've chosen me apart, you know, aside from however but, but many other people. talk about the cycle so, so when you weren't, just, when you were feeling like you were giving up your power in the room. Right. What well, was I th- going on? Well, I think... I think it, it can be many things. It can be a relationship you're in. It can be you still, um, you know, that you have a problem. Sometimes people have a proper pro- problem with authority or... A, ca- a casting director will speak to them uh, the way that they were spoken to by the mother or the father, and that's where therapy comes yes, in. Exactly. You know? well, what so did you do to like, get out of that cycle? Well, because I think all humans, you guys, people that are working nonstop have those days. So don't think do. you're alone when no. you go on an appointment and you feel like you've not, not serviced it well. No, and I think the other thing is you can get flustered by going to 20th Century Fox and having to walk like yes. like half a bloody hour yes. to get there and 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 you're sweating and you're spitzing and you're like oh my god you know yes. and then you you have to learn to be able to breathe you have to you know i know i i see a lot of actors and and, it, and it's like whatever works for you you just have to whether it's listening to music on your way there to to breathe and get back into your epicenter but know where that epicenter is inside of you because if you can hone that in, then whether you get it or not doesn't matter. But at least you know that you found something that works for you. And that's trial and error. That comes mm. with you not getting a bunch of auditions and you kind of go, why? And rather than beating yourself up, you turn it into a positive thing and mm. you say, well, I'm going to do some homework and figure out how I can work this little Rubik's Cube scenario out because there's the Mm pre-auditioning thing where you're so sure and then you just lose it in the Mm -hmm. room and then you beat yourself up because you're like, Mm -hmm. but I had it Mm -hmm. a half an hour ago. Mm -hmm. So I think to take it one stage further rather than beat yourself up, just find something really mastered. This is where technique Mm. and being the masterful technician, which is why studying is so important and not just studying 20 years ago, continuing to study. Techniques change. I just took a class for six days from, an, uh, from you know, uh, it's called YAT. Mm. And it's all about building a character, the physicality of a character. And um, some of it's tapping, some of it's scratching, mm-hmm. some of it's, it's, it's what... Um, just another core part of your it's, body. Well, funnily enough, a lot of these English actors are coming over to America and taking a lot of the roles from American mm-hmm. actors. So Tom Hardy being mm-hmm. one of them, you know, Michael Fassbender. So this was their coach Mm. um brilliant man and uh he came and he talked about it and he cracked it open and you know he coaches a lot of the game of thrones people uh but i i was like i need that because Mm. i need just another another yeah just just a key into it another Mm -hmm. key into it that i haven't maybe seen before you're so fascinating to talk to we could talk for hours but last we're going to close out right now i want you to tell three things um um, as positive advice 
for the people that are listening that they can do or they should do or just advice three things to further your career further yourself Mm. further your craft yeah I think that you have to be um it's it you know just be sure getting into this know what you're getting into it and know how passionate you are about what you're doing and and have role models have actors that you look up to have people that you look up to that you can use in your work to ignite something in you um you know you do kind of have to have a little bit of a sense of i want to change the world with what it is that i'm saying Mm -hmm. and i know that i may be uh, either a little more overweight than than this other person or, or my eyes might be slightly crossed just know <laughs> that I'm giving the worst I'm giving these these kind of negative examples but I'm just saying that a lot of people give up for that very reason mm-hmm. well that very reason may Is be your money. what makes you mm-hmm. an original yes and an and that we are all original in our own way and whatever we decide to do just know it it's it takes hard work but passion is what's going to endure and it's what's going to make the hard work fun and and make you just feel great. And, and yeah, I mean, you need to kind of feel like you really are in it for the long run because if it's not just about being famous. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that if that's the case for some people, they, they, they learn pretty, pretty soon that, that, that that's the case. But I think, yeah, just staying clear about your vision, parts that you want to play, know parts that you want to play from a teen to, you know, Judy Dench's age, if you're mm. a woman or, you know, a parent stamp <laughs> who I just brought up or, you know, there's so many new wonderful actors that are, that are out there. And I think, yeah, just artists are artists. So, so continue um, the stay artistry. on your plight, know that you're beautiful just the way you are, know that you're amazing. You're going to have good days and bad days, but when you rock it, I mean, there's nobody like you. So it's just about getting to know yourself a little better as you go along trusting yourself trusting your intuition trusting your gut and um know that what you do is has nothing to do with the business so whatever you hear externally that's that has to do with the business keep that separate don't let that ever stop you from your vision oh my god thank you so much you guys so continue getting out there being courteously aggressive studying and training in your artistry and um, living your fullest, best life. I love you. Thank you so much for coming. Love you too, Sarah. Bye. Bye.